On Personally Speaking this week, our guest is Vanessa Williams, the incredible actress and singer. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Gilmasanti, and Tony, Emmy, and Grammy nominee Vanessa Williams joins me now. Vanessa made her Broadway debut in 1994 with Kiss of the Spider-Woman. Vanessa's best-known television roles are Wilhelmina Slater on Ugly Betty, for which she was nominated three times for an Emmy Award, and Renee Perry on Desperate Housewives. Her platinum single, Colors of the Wind, from Disney's Pocahontas, won the Oscar, Golden Globe, and Grammy Award for Best Original Song. Vanessa will be making her Diamond Series debut at 54 Below in New York City, where she'll be performing music from her catalog of chart-topping hit songs, Broadway classics, and American songbook standards. She's here with us today to talk about all that, about her career, her family, her Catholic faith that sustains her. She's also, as we know, someone who was the first African-American Miss America. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, actress and singer Vanessa Williams. Before we get to our interview, let's listen to Vanessa singing. Let's go. So here, let me start with this. One of the places I hang out often is a place you're going to again, and that's a beautiful 54 Below, part of the Diamond series. Uh, what, what? Tell us about the concert that's coming up, and I, I'd love for our listeners and watchers around the country to come to New York and see you in action. Uh, nothing like seeing Vanessa Williams in person. So tell us about your plans for the Diamond series at 54 Below. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so this is my first time singing at 54 Below, oh, okay. which is a lovely supper club underneath the famous Studio That's 54. Right. Uh, and I've gone to see a couple of my friends, Norm Lewis, uh, do his Christmas show, Darius mm. DeHaas do his Christmas show. But this is my first time to to kind of do my own music, which is a, uh, a hybrid of my hits. Luckily, I've been able to continue to have hits over 30 plus years. Um, yeah. So I'll be doing Save the Best for Last and The Sweetest Days and mm. uh, Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. And then also doing some music uh, from Broadway, which I've been lucky to be able to star in many Broadway shows. And then uh, do some Christmas tunes. So uh, oh, I've had perfect. two Christmas albums out and uh, it's always my favorite time of year. Well, now for those who are listening and watching, Vanessa Williams has had the experience of interpreting uh, in a, a unique and wonderful way, the music very often of Stephen Sondheim. And we had uh, recently on our, our friend Liz Calloway, and we talked about the fact I, I had been in a letter writing relationship with Stephen, and I particularly wanted to get him on to talk about God and, and what he thought came next. Uh, and uh, he, he would always say, you know, I'm, I'm still working on that. So he was never quite ready to talk about the faith part. But but when you interpret someone's work like you have, Vanessa, uh First of all, how do you come to a new interpretation that's distinctly uh, your own? And what did you make of the man? 
Well, I was lucky enough to just uh, attend his memorial um, uh, on Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was lovely. It was touching. And there was no performances because <laughs> everyone came out. Uh, the, the speakers, Steven Spielberg, um, uh, Lynn Miranda, uh, of course, James Lapine was the one who put it all together. Um, Frank Rich was there and, uh. and talked about his relationship um, his brother, uh, friends that were journalists, and they all talked about him and his um, his, his opportunity to correspond with with people that wrote to him. Yeah. And they showed the letters and his signature that uh, basically, you know, the correspondence with his typing and signing it, uh, you know, Stephen Sondheim mm-hmm. or Steve. Um, so he took great pride in, in those personal, you know, interactions, but as a, as a performer, I was lucky enough to work with him twice and work for him three times. First time was his 75th birthday party Uh, that Barbara Streisand, uh, produced. And, uh, we did it at the Hollywood bowl and it was myself. And I mean, the all-star lineup, I wish back then I had, a camera that I could just shoot <laughs> our rehearsal process. Cause it was, you know, uh, Elaine Stritch and Carol Burnett and, and Len Cariou and, you know, myself and Audra did um, uh, the, the tail end of um, West side story. I did a dance piece to uh, f- from Dick Tracy Moore with, uh, you know, a bunch of dancing boys, but it was extraordinary. And, and of course um, he, he's, he was so modest. He, he loved it. Uh, the, the next time I worked with him was for uh, Into the Woods when we did uh, the production in 2002 and I played the witch and he actually wrote additional lyrics for me for The Last Midnight because he felt that that 11th hour number needs to be expanded. So um, it was a thrill for me to be in 890 Broadway in the rehearsal studios with James. And back then we had the fax machines coming in and Steve's writing new lyrics and james is looking at us like no 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 the 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 witch takes her bloody hand and suffocates the baby and eats it no steve she's not going to eat the baby okay she's not going to eat the baby so i'll say i'll eat the baby if she i can do that right <laughs> <laughs> and then um the last time was um um uh, when we did sondheim and sondheim uh at the roundabout at studio 54 and uh james had created a show uh, with a a bunch of interviews that he had done. And then we came out and sang where he was at the time and what song we were talking about that he was referring to. So it was uh, a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity. And I worked with the legendary Barbara Cook uh, while I was doing that show. But, um, uh, you know, interpreting Sondheim, uh, everyone has their approach. Mm -hmm. But the wonderful thing is it's all there. It's all there in the music. It's all there in the lyrics. And it's almost like an acting exercise. You just have to let it come from off the page and through you. Wow. And you have certainly, you you probably read the book somewhere along the way. There was a biography of Kate Hepburn, uh, which is very much echo. You mentioned before our friend Elaine Stritch, who was on many times with us, but both of them said something similar. They said, no, no, no children, because I'm too selfish and, and my career is everything. And so no children. Vanessa Williams goes and and is the mom for four children while running this amazing career. Um, in that question of can you have it all, how in the world did you do it? 
<laughs> well, I, again, I've been blessed to have four wonderful children. Uh, mm. And it, times were different back then. You know, I was I got married at 23. I had my first, you know, first two in my 20s, uh, Devin at, at 30 and Sasha at 37. So, um, you know, my, my career was different. I wanted to I, I was raised by two music teachers. So mm-hmm. I was used to kind of going to my parents' concerts, going to whatever events we had to do. So I was used to kind of scooping up my kids and we're going on the road together. So I took them all over the world as part of my, um, uh, when I had to do promotions for albums, you know, I, I when even when I was doing anything, I would say, let me check my calendar first because I wanted to make sure I was there for my children. So no, there's certainly projects that I've declined that probably would have been fantastic. One particular movie that i did not want to do because I was thinking of my children. Uh, the particular actress won an Academy Award, but I knew that it wasn't for me. And it wasn't for me at that time in my life. And I don't think it was ever for me, but it worked for her. So I've yeah. made choices in my career because my children have been the priority. And you you got those values, Vanessa, from the two folks who raised you, those two music teachers. When I'm always intrigued by family of origin. When you look back um, at your mom and dad, what in raising you do you look back and say, boy, they did that right? Uh, well, I would say for sure the arts were um, encouraged and valued, uh, mm-hmm. particularly since I make my, make my living in the arts. Uh, yeah. My parents never told me, get a real job. It'll never mm. happen. They said, if you work hard enough and if you get the right education uh, and you pursue it, you can have the opportunity to do anything you want to. So when I was dancing and then I started singing and then I uh, combined the two and I said, well, maybe musical theater is really where I want to study. They didn't say, oh, we're not going to pay that ridiculous tuition for for a BFA musical theater. They said, well, if you work hard, you can have, um, you know, you can go to Yale, which was my 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 dream was to graduate, go to Yale for my my master's and then come to to New York and of course I uh, Broadway and of course uh, I became famous at 20 and that all changed my trajectory but um my I, I would certainly say my parents uh, gave me the ability to to dream but also the realistic um lesson to make sure that you are prepared to make that dream happen through hard work and and being educated Vanessa, I'm wondering, you were and you continue to be an incredibly beautiful person. What in breaking into the business were you able to do so that people would see beyond the look? Uh, it would be, I would imagine, so easy to be thingified by people. Well, she is the look. No, she's much more than that. She's talented, insightful, has a lot to offer. But to get people to see past the surface and recognize the fullness of your gifts, how did you do it? Oh, it um, it. it- It takes a lifetime, honestly, because I don't even know when you really kind of um, people judge you always um, as soon as you walk in the room, as soon as you open your mouth. And I think that never goes away. And I think because I became famous as a beauty queen, Mm -hmm. it negates any kind of talent or intellect you have. So my whole career, it's been 40 years next September that I uh, that I won Miss America at, at age 20. And. You know, I'm still being labeled, um, you know, beauty queen who now is successful, uh, which kind of negates all the talent that I had before I became famous. So I don't know whether it ever goes away. I think it's a constant reminder and obstacle. Uh, but luckily, I've been able to have a body of work 
through television and film and Broadway and recording, uh, you know, uh, live appearances. And what I love about Broadway, which is my favorite medium, is that there's you can't fake it there. You can't I, fake right. if you've got star quality or not. You can't fake if you can sing or not. Um, and that's why I, it's the real deal. You can make it your own. There's no director editing you. Uh, you know, um, it, it's your own space. And that's why I love to make it new every night. Now, this one is way too heavy for one person to answer, but I'll throw it out to you anyway. So the 1980s, you become the first black uh, uh, Miss America. America. And mm -hmm. now it's uh, 2022. And you would think after your experience long ago, and we've had a, a African-American president, you'd think we'd be much further along in terms of race relations. And yet, you know, and I know, we're still kind of messy. Any insight into how we're going to permanently live in peace? Oof. Yes, that's a mammoth of a question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know whether there's ever any permanent peace. Just, I mean, I've been lucky again to, 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 to travel the world and I've seen tension and seen tribalism within every country and every continent. So um, I think there's a there is a, a safety that people find with uh, liked mind people and with religion, with groups, with, uh, 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 you know, race and nationality. So I don't know whether we'll ever get around that. Uh, that comfort is what people cling to when they don't want change or are not even aware of, of, of differences, but how we, how we ease those, um, uh, you know, uh, differences is to, have experiences, you know, go to other lands, go talk to other people who are of different religions, at, you know, find out about the culture and why they might act a, a specific way. What's what's, you know, uh, considered normal and what might not be your style. And that will kind of, I, I guess, dissipate some of the fear, which turns into hate and anger because nobody knows what to do with it. I think it's we are at a time now where it looks like everything is crumbling and disintegrating. Yeah. Um, values are being tested. Women, you know, we're talking uh, Iran right now um, are, mm -hmm. are saying no more. So we are living in an age where people are just not believing and uh, agreeing and and moving along with with the masses. So um, things are certainly changing right now. Um, and I hope that with the technology that we have to be able to see the world, we can be aware of the differences, but also embrace them. Do you find in light of all those conflicts that you mentioned uh, that Vanessa Williams is a person of hope or do you get discouraged to the point where you wonder, will we ever find reconciliation? I'm absolutely a person of hope. Yeah. Um, I've always been, I, you know, I label myself a cockeyed optimist just because, yeah. you know, uh, if an election happens, well, it can't get that bad. And then sometimes it does. Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. Guess what? <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I I believe in, you know, the human beings. I, I have an opportunity to to want the best and um you know, yes, there's good and evil, but I, I, I do hope that people have that um, that underneath desire to to live in peace and harmony, and um, and I, I guess I give humanity the benefit of the doubt, given opportunities to open their minds and really see. 
For our listeners and watchers, uh, Vanessa Williams was raised in the Catholic Church. Um, but, you know, Vanessa, I'll be honest with you, in doing this for 30 years, I've interviewed people, I'm, I get tired of uh, the, the line that I often hear from people, especially in the arts, saying, well, I was raised Catholic, but, uh, and then somewhere along the line, we, we lost them. You have maintained a contact with and a, a life in the Catholic Church. I'm wondering how you did that. And as in any love relationship, there have got to be ebbs and flows where, you know, sometimes I'm loving my church, sometimes not so much. What's your own personal relationship like with the church throughout the years? Um, my my father was raised Catholic. My mother converted to marry him when she was 20. So you know, she's she's 80, 82 now. So she's okay. been a Catholic for 62 years. So uh, mm-hmm. she played in the in the uh in the church growing up. Um and yes, to 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 be honest, there were times where um and all my kids are confirmed. They've gone through um, my my eldest daughter went to Sacred Heart. They all did CYO basketball. Um, <laughs> right. So that said, we went through the I don't want to say the system, but we you know we we were pra- we were practicing Catholics as a family um, mm. for their entire you know school life. Now that they're adults, um, it's their right. choice. Right. Um, but there is a sense of community that um, uh, I certainly feel um, uh, close to and feel that I am needed and wanted, whether it's uh, I, I'm a, a board member of the Sheen Center, which I love the fact that art and 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 faith can coincide. And that's a space in New York on 18 Bleecker that is um, it, an opportunity for uh, the audience to not only see uh, music and and watch movies and, and listen to discussions about faith, but also there's an opportunity to to argue and have debates and conversations, which, which is exactly what you brought up. Um, I have worked with many people that are are um, have left the church and um, and understand their reasons. Um, but those kind of dialogues are what we actually are. Are, are witnessing at the Sheen Center. So I'm so happy that we have a space in, uh, that has given us the opportunity to talk about um, uh, our views a- a- about the church. Um, there's certainly been things said uh, uh, that I don't agree with, um, uh, but it doesn't, uh, those are other people's uh, views and it doesn't interrupt my my connection and my um my my faith and and my um my I don't want to say my duty but um uh my practice my practice is my practice yeah we had uh, Joe Montagna a few times and he talked about the fact that while he respects every path to God that for him the Catholic Church is home and this is where he feels he belongs and I hear you echoing in some ways many of those same things I wanted to ask you too because for those who don't know Vanessa Williams is a um deeply connected to her mom. And uh, in fact, when she wrote her autobiography, her memoir, they did it together. Uh, I'm, I'm, I live with my 102-year-old mom, so I have that same similar bond. But, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> how, 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 tell me about the special bond between, because you know and I know there are plenty of daughters out there who can't spend 10 minutes with their moms. That's not the case with you and your mom. What, what makes it so special? Well, we definitely have grown because there was a time, <laughs> probably <laughs> in my adolescence, when I didn't want to be in the same room with my mom. Uh. <laughs> but my mom lives next door. Um, she, uh, which is great because 
she'll never have to go into a nursing home. She literally, I walk across my yard and she's right there. So Mm. that gives us a lot of peace. And it was after my father passed away suddenly at 70, where um, my next door neighbor who was elderly passed away, the house became available and my mom sold the house and bought it. So it was, you know, divine fate that, that got us right next to each other. But um, we're both, you know, the older I get, the more, more similar we are. And that's kind of probably what she saw me growing up because my mother's very outspoken, um, um, uh, judgmental to a a T, but very outspoken, (laughs) very independent, um, uh, loves life, loves to travel, loves um, being social. And I see, um, I I do the same thing. I'm always active. I've got a a ton of friends always traveling and I enjoy my independence. So I think we've got, we share a lot of those qualities, uh, but family is number one. And um, I got that from my, my mother for sure, but my, my family unit. And uh, we really value our time together uh, being there uh, emotionally at all times and, and relying on each other. Vanessa, I was uh, 30 yesterday and then suddenly 40, then suddenly 50, then suddenly 60. I mentioned that because you've talked a couple of times today about the process of as we age. Um, when you work in a field like you do, which uh, for better or worse seems to lionize uh, youth and looks and stuff, how well have you been able to put in perspective what we all go through if we're gonna, lucky enough to live of aging? Aging is tough, especially mm-hmm. when you are a, a, a woman of a certain age. I'm about to turn 60 mm-hmm. um, and in front of the camera and in, on stage and being viewed and, and seen and judged all the time. Yeah. Uh, the wonderful part about the arts is that I get a chance to choose what I want to do, whether it's a, a role mm-hmm. uh, on, on stage or, or film and stuff, and I can use my character and what I'm wearing to create uh, another person. Uh, when it's all stripped down and you're um, you're yourself, I mean, luckily, recently I've heard a lot of like, oh my God, you look good for your age. So instead oh. of saying, <laughs> so instead of being, you know, uh, getting reactive, I, I realize that they're trying to do a good thing and I say, thank you. <laughs> oh, God. It's taken a while. <laughs> you're a far better person than I am. <laughs> But what uh, related to um, uh, the many, many talents of Vanessa Williams, uh, you know, you you can communicate in so many levels, whether it's in music or acting and, and all sorts of forms of acting and writing. Why do I mention that? Because, you know, and I know, Vanessa, that uh, this great Catholic church that we belong to has had a, a rough 30 years or so because they've made a terrible mess of the scandals and uh, and and it's been self-inflicted damage in so many ways, including the cover up. But here's what I want to ask you. As this great communicator, and you are, you know, you come to church to learn, but we can also very often learn from those who come to church. As a communicator, what should or what might the church do to do a better job of getting the gospel out in the right way? Uh, Well, I was very impressed when I met the Pope um, mm-hmm. and I was lucky to have an audience with him. I was um, I've been working with the Special Olympics uh, International for years. Tim Shriver called me uh, a few years back and said, the Italian delegation is having an audience with the Pope. Do you want to come? And I say, when's the date? I'm going to book my <laughs> ticket. <laughs> and uh, it was extraordinary. But, you know, 
his words, particularly when he when he was asked on the plane very early in his mm. um his his I don't want to say reign, but his his uh, um his not his run, but when he right. was first. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. He was in his early first, in, early he, in his pontificate. Yes, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Yeah. When he was asked about um, uh, a, a, a gay um, a gay parishioners and does he think it's a sin? And he said, "Who am I to judge?" And I thought, "It's mm. all about love. It is all about love." And my 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 friends that are gay, that are Catholic, and come to everything that I do in terms of uh, if I'm doing a, a play with about a Catholicism, if I'm doing. A Christmas show. I mean, there is a yearning there to be included. So that's um, love is is the key, and uh, the the priests that have moved me are the ones that lead with love and lead with uh, community and um, and and being a shepherd uh, in a, a giant flock. And that's what speaks to me. He said uh, also coming back from Chile. Uh, where he had met with three gay men who were victims of sexual abuse, uh, and they admitted that they were now identifying as gay. And, and he said to them, the Holy Father doesn't care that you're gay. The God doesn't care that you're gay. We both care that you live good lives of love and meaning. And uh, to have a Pope say that I think has been such a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful blessing for everyone. And last week, we had an actor on named Adam Cantor, mostly Broadway. And uh, I mentioned it because he's Jewish. And I said, you know, I was in the midst of counseling a man who's gay had said to me, would you talk to my mom who has not accepted my gayness? And maybe if she talks to a priest and she's so Catholic, she'll come to accept me a little more. And I said to this uh, Adam Cantor, the uh, Jewish actor, what would you say to this mother? And he said, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not Catholic. He said, but it just seems to me everything in your faith, everything is rooted in love one another. And uh, if you follow Jesus or believe in him, how can you not love people? You may disagree with individual choices they make, but you got to love them and stuff. And uh, I love, too, that your friend Cardinal Dolan is is a very active person in outreach to people who've been through the experience of an abortion. Just say there is reconciliation for everybody, that people make choices in life. You may not agree with them, but but uh, you are loved always by a God who never gives up on us, the hound of heaven who uh, you can run as far and as long and as far and as fast as you want away from him. And when you, you're out of breath and you turn around, there he is with arms open wide. And I would right. love to see our church be much more about that, you know. I want to thank Vanessa Williams for being with us. She is beautiful inside and out, and she shares openly uh, the ups and downs of her amazing life and career, and it's nowhere near over. Uh, Vanessa, thanks for your honesty. Thanks for everything you do to enlighten us and make us cry and put us more in touch with our, our human feelings. And we'll be there uh, at Studio 54 to celebrate 54 Below with you. And, and thank you again so much for, for being a guest on our program. Happy Thanksgiving. Blessed thank Christmas. Thank you. Bye-bye. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to reach me, you can write me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to this show or past episodes by going on YouTube and searching on the Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jimosanti, where you'll be able to watch shows as well. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jimosanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.